0: time is time is time is
1: Howdy, and welcome to the ABI 1.0 podcast. I'm your host, Terry Thompson. We're going to be exploring euphemisms. You know, those quirky little phrases that we use to avoid saying something directly, usually because the real word or phrase might be considered rude or offensive. From restroom to passed away, Euphemisms are an important part of human language and they often have fascinating backstories that reveal a lot about our culture and history. For example, did you know that the word hangover originally referred to something quite different from the way we use it today? Back in the 19th century a hangover was a survival tactic used by sailors who were stranded on a ship with no fresh water. They would hang a bottle of water over the side of the ship letting it be hung over the side to collect water from the sea. wasn't until much later that the word came to refer to the unpleasant after-effects of drinking too much alcohol. Uh Uh-huh. Another example is the phrase, powder your nose, which was a euphemism commonly used by women to politely excuse themselves to go to the bathroom. It may seem quaint and old-fashioned now, but in the days when it was considered unladylike to even mention bodily functions, Euphemisms like this were a necessity. So why do euphemisms have such a prominent place in human language? Some linguists believe that they serve as a way to soften the impact of unpleasant or taboo subjects, making it easier for people to talk about them. Others suggest that euphemisms help us maintain our social and cultural norms, allowing us to express ourselves in ways that are more acceptable to the people around us. Whatever the reason, one thing is for sure, euphemisms can be hilarious. From passed on to experiencing technical difficulties, there's something inherently funny about the way we dance around certain subjects. Let's cut to the chase and get on with it. Alright, let's kick the tires and light the fire, huh? what happened to make us pay.
0: Yesterday,
1: I don't mean to piss you. I don't When I try to shut my back, I don't mean to piss you. Off. What the hell is this? That's a silly message. It means a little brassy sleeps with the fishes. Sleeping with the fishes. This phrase is often used in gangster movies to refer to someone who's been killed and dumped into the ocean. The origin of the phrase is uncertain, but it's believed to have come from the Italian mafia, who would use the euphemism polenta campesca, polenta with fish, to refer to a body that had been buried at sea. dancing with the devil means that you're engaging in risky behavior dancing with the devil is like going on a tinder date with a profile picture of a labrador but ending up being paired with a chihuahua with rabies it might look charming and fun at first glance but before you know it your life's in danger and your wallet's empty so next time you're considering dancing with the devil ask yourself do i really want to spend my night trying to dodge sharp objects yeah do you But I
0: couldn't find a way So I'll get away
1: government especially the military seems to be really good at euphemisms and for that i think it's time for us to bring out the big guns i'm talking about the philosopher humorist george carlin who had the ultimate take on euphemisms he highlights the dangers involved in taking for granted something thought of as a relatively innocuous tripped down a cloud and fell
0: eight miles high, I tore my mind on a jagged sky, I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition my condition was in. Example of that. There's a condition in combat. Most people know about it. It's when a fighting person's nervous system has been stressed to its absolute peak and maximum. Can't take any more input. The nervous system has either snapped or is about to snap. In the First World War, that condition was called shell shock. Simple, honest, direct language. Two syllables. Shell shock. Almost sounds like the guns themselves. That was 70 years ago. Then a whole generation went by, and the Second World War came along, and the very same combat condition was called battle fatigue. Four syllables now, takes a little longer to say. Doesn't seem to hurt as much. Fatigue is a nicer word than shock, shell shock. Battle fatigue. (laughs) Then we had the war in Korea in 1950. Madison Avenue was riding high by that time, and the very same combat condition was called operational exhaustion. (laughs) Hey, we're up to eight syllables now. And the humanity has been squeezed completely out of the phrase. It's totally sterile now. Operational exhaustion. Sounds like something that might happen to your car. Then, of course, came the war in Vietnam, which has only been over for about 16 or 17 years. And thanks to the lies and deceit surrounding that war, I guess it's no surprise that the very same condition was called post-traumatic stress disorder. Still eight syllables, but we've added a hyphen. And the pain is completely buried under jargon. Post-traumatic stress disorder. I'll bet you if we'd have still been calling it shell shock, some of those Vietnam veterans might have gotten the attention they needed at the time. I'll bet you. But it didn't happen, and one of the reasons, one of the reasons is because we were using that soft language, that language that takes the life out of life, and it is a function of time. It does keep getting worse. give you another example. Sometime during my life, sometime during my life, toilet paper became bathroom tissue. I wasn't notified of this. No one asked me if I agreed with it. It just happened. Toilet paper became bathroom tissue. Sneakers became running shoes. False teeth became dental appliances. Medicine became medication. Information became directory assistance. The dump became the landfill. Car crashes became automobile accidents. Partly cloudy became partly sunny. Motels became motor lodges. House trailers became mobile homes. Used cars became previously owned transportation. (laughs) Room service became guest room dining. And constipation became occasional irregularity. (laughs) When I was a little kid, if I got sick, they wanted me to go to the hospital and see the doctor. Now they want me to go to a health maintenance organization or a wellness center to consult a healthcare delivery professional. Poor people used to live in slums. Now the economically disadvantaged occupy substandard housing in the inner cities. And they're broke. They're broke. They don't have a negative cash flow position. They're fucking broke. Because a lot of them were fired. You know, fired, management wanted to curtail redundancies in the human resources area. So many people are no longer viable members of the workforce. Smug, greedy, well-fed white people have invented a language to conceal their sins. It's as simple as that. The CIA doesn't kill anybody anymore. They neutralize people or they depopulate the area. The government doesn't lie and engages in disinformation. The Pentagon actually measures nuclear radiation in something they call sunshine units. Israeli murderers are called commandos. Arab commandos are called terrorists. Contra killers are called freedom fighters. Well, if crime fighters fight crime and firefighters fight fire, what do freedom fighters fight? They never mention that part of it to us, do they? Never mention that part of it. And some of this stuff is just silly. We know. We all know that. Like on the airlines, they say they want to pre board. Well, what the hell is pre board? What does that mean? To get on before you get on? They say they're going to pre-board those passengers in need of special assistance. Cripples! Simple, honest, direct language. There's no shame attached to the word cripple that I can find in any dictionary. No shame attached to it. In fact, it's a word used in Bible translations. Jesus healed the cripples. Doesn't take seven words to describe that condition. But we don't have any cripples in this country anymore. We have the physically challenged. Is that a grotesque enough evasion for you? How about differently abled? I've heard them call that differently abled. You can't even call these people handicapped anymore. They'll say, we're not handicapped. We're (laughs) handicapable. These poor people have been bullshitted by the system into believing that if you change the name of the condition, somehow you'll change the condition. Well, hey, cousin, doesn't happen. Doesn't happen.
1: to politics euphemisms are like makeup on a pig (laughs) it's still a pig government officials love to use euphemistic language to distract the public and keep them in the dark about what's really going on it's like they're playing a game of guess what we're hiding But let's be real euphemisms are just fancy ways to say what we mean without saying it collateral damage more like oops sorry we bombed your wedding enhanced interrogation techniques How about the unimaginable horror we subject our enemies to? And let's not forget about undocumented immigrants. Like they're passport-challenged travelers. It's like calling a bank robber an unlicensed withdrawer. At least the euphemisms give us something to chuckle about, but in reality they're being used to manipulate public perception and awareness, so let's kind of keep our eyes and ears open. We'll look deeper into euphemisms when I return, but now it's time to be relatively direct. It's time for a break. We're not in a rush to be most popular. Not in a rush not to be.
0: Real bourbon, no apologies. If it's for you,
1: You'll know. Ah, thank you. Wild turkey, it'll find you. If you're looking for something to spice up your mealtime routine, look no further than Captain Joe's Seafood Market in Aransas Pass, Texas. Their locally caught fish, shrimp, crab, and oysters are so fresh, they practically flip themselves onto your plate. Okay, well, not really, but you get the idea. Plus, with prices that won't break the bank, you'll have plenty of moolah left over to splurge on a little extra tartar sauce. So if you're tired of the same old menu every week, head on over to Captain Joe's and live a little. Your taste buds and your wallet will thank you. They're located at 324 East Goodnight Avenue, Aransas Pass, Texas, or give them a call at 361-263-8267. Captain Joe's Seafood Market.
0: A, B U, 1.0 podcast. We really like to hear from our listeners. Email or voicemail. Also check out our Facebook page, Surf's Up, got a Boogie.
1: Sometimes one euphemism leads to another. Well, take for instance, Netflix and chill. <laughs> You're not fooling me. That's a euphemism for hooking up or having sex. Often used as a casual invitation to someone's house, which sometimes leads to the next euphemism. She's got a bun in the oven. She
0: got a bun in, in the oven. oven. the lunch in me, I got a bun in the oven and it ain't whole weed. ain't whole huh,
1: Believe you me, bun in the oven is just one of many G-rated euphemisms for procreation. A few other examples, starting a family, going the family way, starting a new chapter, expanding the nest, adding to the brood. Growing the tribe, blessed with a little one, expecting, in the family way, creating a miracle. Those are just a few examples of euphemisms that are commonly used to describe the act of procreation in a G-rated context. People often use such terms when they want to discuss the topic in a manner that is delicate and respectful. We don't want the expectant mother to fly off the handle. There are other aspects of the human condition, the natural functions that, uh, invite euphemisms. So sit down, take a load off, we'll explain. Make poop, everybody in the club wanna make poop, everybody in their car wanna make poop, everybody going on a date, make poop, everybody running like just make poop. When you're dodging traffic because you got to take a dump. No matter how good you drive, you'll always hit a bomb. But you will get home now sooner or later. But cross your fingers that you have toilet paper. If you got a shit and you're stuck in traffic, your palms will sweat and your ass will twitch. Ain't that a bitch? If it starts to come out, just give your cheeks a pinch. Pinchy, 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 pinchy pinch. Poop, poop. Have you ever had to take a shit at a zoo?
0: Number one and number two. Euphemism for to urinate. Euphemism for... To defecate. Examples. You guys do that? Chandler won't even have sex in our bathroom. That's where people make number two. (laughs) Of the four of us, I'm the only one making any real-world contribution to science and technology. He's right. This is an important achievement for two reasons. Number one. And, of course, number two. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, cool. Her, playing on the use of cardinal numbers as euphemisms for bodily functions.
1: Dang me, Dang me.
0: To a rope and hang me, from tree. woman would you weep for me?
1: Perhaps what is probably my favorite category is euphemistic cursing. It's a type of language where a word or phrase is used instead of a direct curse word or insult to express frustration or anger without offending others. Here are some examples of commonly used euphemistic cursing. Dang it, or darn it, instead of damn it, a phrase that would be considered more offensive. Heck, or what the heck, instead of hell, or what the hell, as a way of expressing disbelief or frustration. Sugar, or shoot, instead of shit, as a milder, less crude substitute for profanity. Freaking or fricking instead of fucking is a way of expressing anger but without using an obscene word. Oh my god or goodness gracious instead of using more overt swear words. Euphemistic cursing is often used in informal settings at work or around children or when someone wants to express strong feelings without offending others. These phrases are often seen as harmless and people often don't even realize they are using them instead of curse words.
0: Oh, gee darn it. I
1: have a cousin who's a drama queen. The whole world is her stage.
0: We out at the dinner the other night and the server did something. My cousin had the table going off. When he gets back, I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. I was like, wait a minute. You can't afford to give nobody a piece of your mind. Matter of fact, you need to get all the pieces you done gave
1: out. Bring them back together like Humpy Dumpty. That's what she meant (laughs) to (laughs) do. And their love for euphemisms. It's like they have a thesaurus of fancy words to describe everything from wars to layoffs. We all know collateral damage actually means, oops, we hit the wrong building again. And downsizing is code for we need to save money, so bye-bye to your job. But hey, some euphemisms can be downright punny and hilarious. Who wouldn't raise an eyebrow when they hear about fiscal stimulation? Is the government printing money or something else? And let's not forget about vertical refreshment. I mean, who goes to the bar to refresh their horizontal state anyway? However, there are times when euphemisms can be a little too cute for their own good. Calling something a comfortable dining experience doesn't change the fact that you're eating cold pizza off your lap on your couch. And don't even get me started on pre-loved clothes. It's not romantic, it's just a fancy way of saying I got this shirt for a dollar. At the end of the day, euphemisms can be useful or entertaining, but it's important not to forget what they're hiding under all those flowery words. Or who knows, maybe one day we'll all go to that one rooftop bar for some advanced level resting, fiscal stimulation, and vertical refreshment. Just try not to indulge to the point where you leave a pavement pizza.
0: <coughs> oh,
1: gee darn it. And with that, we've come to the end of our episode on euphemisms. Hopefully we've shed some light on the dangers of falling for cherry-picked language, no matter how tempting it may be to use euphemisms to soften the blow. After all, we've seen how euphemisms can be used to obscure the truth, gloss over uncomfortable realities, and even perpetuate harmful myths. However, despite these dangers, as your trusty podcast host, I have to admit that my job would be certainly harder without the wonderful world of euphemisms. Without them, I'd be struggling to make terminated sound less harsh, or breakup sound less emotionally charged. And let's face it, without euphemisms, we'd all be spending a lot more time trying to find the right words to describe those awkward situations in life. So, as always, we encourage you to use your common sense when it comes to language and communication. Be mindful of how euphemisms can be used to manipulate or deceive, but also appreciate the value of creative and colorful language. Until next time, this is Terry Thompson. This is the ABI 1.0 podcast. Don't get nothing on ya. I meant see ya.